0: Hello, I'm Jacob Kruger, and this is the Write Your Screenplay Podcast. As you know, on this podcast, rather than looking at movies in terms of two thumbs up, two thumbs down, I loved it, or I hated it, we look at movies in terms of what we can learn from them as screenwriters. We look at good movies, we look at bad movies, we look at movies that we loved, and we look at movies that we hated. And today, we're going to be looking at an oldie but goodie. We're going to be looking at There Will Be Blood by P.T. Anderson. But the lesson we take from it is actually going to be a different lesson that we take from most of these podcasts. Rather than looking at the structure of There Will Be Blood, we're actually going to be looking at There Will Be Blood in terms of a concept called externalizing the internal. So what the heck does that mean? We work in this really exciting medium called film. And the exciting thing about working in film is we get to tell stories with images. The challenging thing about working in film is that Half of the things that exist in the world, we can't see in movies. We can't see thoughts. We can't see feelings. And that means as screenwriters, our job is to externalize these internal things. To take them outside of the mind and put them into the body and the action of our screenplay to translate the emotional language of our writing into action. The way I like to know if I've externalized the internal in my screenplay is to think of my least favorite actor. If I've written a line of action and my least favorite actor can't act it, I have not externalized the internal. In other words, if my writing requires my least favorite actor to show disappointment, surprise, shock, sadness, or just to be able to act in general, then I have not externalized the internal. If I'm lucky enough to have a great actor like Meryl Streep or Daniel Day-Lewis, I don't need to externalize the internal because they're going to do it for me. A great actor is going to deliver what you failed to deliver. A great actor is going to look at the line and find the action underneath. They will look at the emotion and translate that emotion into action. If I happen to be lucky enough to get a great director, that director will look underneath my crappy explanation and find the beautiful image or the brilliant action. If I'm lucky enough to get a great actor or director, they're going to make me look good. But the fact of the matter is, I can't depend on that, because a lot of working directors are not that good, and many Hollywood stars are completely untrained as actors. You go to a theater and you're generally seeing actors who have a tremendous amount of training. But many of these Hollywood stars, as compelling as they are, are not trained in acting. They're trained at being celebrities. And sometimes you need one of those celebrities because you're not going to get your movie made without one. So on a practical level, we need to externalize the internal so that even if we get a moderately talented director, he can look at our work and say, you know, I know exactly how to shoot that And even if you have a hugely talented director, if you want the final product of your movie to somewhat resemble this thing that you imagined when you sat down to write it, then you need to externalize the internal. You need to capture exactly what you're seeing in a way that that director can see it. As one of my great mentors, Yorgi Alexei Meshkizvili, who's a world-renowned set designer, used to say, if you want a director to do what you want... You have to make him think that it's his idea. And one of the ways we allow directors to do what we want, by thinking it's their idea, is by externalizing the internal. We must capture our story in images the way that we are seeing it in our heads, so that we can director-proof our films without ever calling a single shot. And we have to be able to actor-proof our films so that even if you're making There Will Be Blood and you have Keanu Reeves instead of Daniel Day-Lewis trying to play Daniel Plainview, the director knows to say, okay, Keanu, grab for that shovel, as opposed to look angry, so that you can have the actions there to protect you from the emoting actor. That is the practical reason to externalize the internal. But there's an even deeper artistic reason we want to externalize the internal, which is that oftentimes when we're not externalizing the internal, it's because we have not actually seen it yet in our own mind's eye. On a purely artistic level, we haven't looked closely enough yet to see the story exactly the way it needs to play out on screen. We've kind of got a sense of it and we think it's something like this or it's something like that, but we haven't taken the time to step inside as an artist and let it play frame by frame in the little movie screen in our minds until we know exactly what we're seeing and exactly how we're seeing it. Doing this is valuable for two reasons. Number one, it makes your writing more real to you. And number two, it gives you little gifts that you can never have anticipated and that you're going to use later in your script. When you have vague action, and when you haven't fully seen something, it doesn't only affect the scene you're writing, it actually affects all of the scenes that come after. I want to talk about There Will Be Blood in this context, not just because it's a great movie, perhaps one of my favorites, but also because it's a flawed movie. It's an example of a movie where the writer-director brilliantly externalized the internal for almost the entire screenplay. And then at the very end, failed to fully visualize the final sequences of the movie in the script. And ultimately, as successful as the movie was, the film suffered the consequences of that mistake. If you read the draft of There Will Be Blood that was circulated for the Academy Awards, you'll see that you get to the last act of the script, and suddenly there's this random voiceover. It's not in the film, but it's in the script. There's suddenly this random voiceover and things get a little mushy for about 10 pages. And then you get that amazing monologue at the very end about a bastard in a basket and everything is suddenly wonderful again and that incredible, unforgettable ending about I drink your milkshake. But there's that mushy section. And in the script, it's actually even mushier than in the film. And I'm pretty sure that what happened was that P.T. Anderson didn't see it as he was writing it. And he figured, you know what, I'm so close. I kind of know the gist of it, and I know what's really happening, and I'm going to figure it out as I shoot. How many independent filmmakers have made that mistake? It's probably the most common problem that you see in independent films, where people believe that their script is good enough, and it's only later... In post, that they realize they don't have what they need for their film to truly cut together and tell the story they want to tell. And suddenly they're spending thousands of dollars on reshoots, months of extra time editing. Because instead of fixing it in pre production when it was cheap, they're now trying to fix it in post production when it's expensive. And there will be blood, there's this moment where it starts to get mushy. And It's actually an amazing moment. Daniel Plainview has abandoned his child. If you haven't seen the movie, this is all you need to know. Daniel Plainview has abandoned his boy, the one person he loves in the world. He has abandoned his boy because his boy can no longer hear, and he's chosen his business over his son. And At the scene that would be the end of Act 5 in a seven-act structure, he brings his boy back, and there is this beautiful moment Daniel Plainview is a very violent man, but there is this beautiful moment where his son hits him. It's this gorgeous long shot. You probably remember that they're in the oil fields with the pipeline that he's worked his whole life to build, and his son hits him, and he lets his son hit him. And finally, he just sticks out one hand, and the boy stops. And it's a stunningly beautiful example of externalizing the internal emotion, the son's internal anger, the father's restraint. The internal emotions are externalized in that one beautiful shot that tells the whole darn story. And after witnessing this brilliant moment, we, the audience, are telling ourselves a very clear story about a father and a son being reunited and letting go of the anger between them. But we know it's not going to end on a father and son reunited, is it? It's going to end on you're a bastard in a basket, you're my competitor. It's going to end with him driving his son away again. So the brilliant writer-director P.T. Anderson knows that somewhere in this section, when he's shooting, he's going to have to find that moment where the son realizes his father's never going to be there for him, where it starts to turn again for that character. In the screenplay, he knows he's cheating by using voiceover and that he hasn't fully externalized the internal, but he's aware that he needs to find that moment And just like so many independent filmmakers are, he is just certain that he's going to find it in production. But you probably noticed while watching the movie that there was a little bump there, that there's something that just doesn't feel right. As we transition from this powerful moment of connection to the bastard in the basket monologue, there is this strange feeling of how did we get here? I'm going to tell you why I believe this happened, and this is not the official version. I don't know P.T. Anderson, and I have not discussed this shoot with him, but I have a pretty strong guess. While shooting, his incredible actor, Daniel Day Lewis, does an incredible thing. His incredible actor puts a napkin over his head. Remember the scene in that restaurant where he's taunting the other oil men and he puts that napkin over his head? Who would have expected him to do it? Only Daniel Day Lewis would come up with this action. It's not in the script. So P.T. Anderson shoots him from this direction and that direction again and again, and he gets really excited. They're in production, and they've just found this amazing moment. And what he forgets to get is the reverse shot on Daniel's son, H.W. What he forgets to get is that reverse shot that shows you H.W.'s realization that it's always going to be like this, that his father is never going to change. And do you see how, if that happens, it's likely that there will be blood wins the Academy Award? because the truth is that one little bump is probably the only thing missing from this being a perfect film. And the only reason that bump happened, I believe, is because P.T. Anderson didn't externalize the internal in that moment in the script. He didn't write that moment. And in the heat of the production, even this brilliant director with this brilliant cast, I can only assume he just never got the shot. Because his actor did something really cool that took his attention away from the moment he needed so when you externalize the internal it protects you during production it makes sure that you're going to get everything you need because it's all going to be on the page they're not going to have to save it in post because you've already saved it in the writing so those are the artistic reasons and the practical reasons but there's also a totally commercial reason that we want to externalize the internal every production executive Every development executive, every producer, every executive producer, every coverage reader, they all have the same fear. What if it doesn't work? What if I put my name and my reputation and my money on the line and it doesn't work? What if I like it but nobody else likes it? What if I bring it to my boss and my boss says, What are you, an idiot? This is never going to work. Everybody involved in the movie at every level has that fear. When you externalize the internal, what it actually does is it allows the movie to play in your reader's mind while they read. Rather than your reader having to be creative and create the images for themselves, you've done the work for them so that they can simply forget that they're reading and start seeing, so that they can actually lose themselves in your script. And this has two effects. Number one, your reader is a whole lot more likely to finish your script. Number two, your reader will have seen it already, like a movie in their mind. They'll actually have entered a little bit of a hypnotic state where they have experienced the film as if it already existed. When the subconscious mind sees, feels, and hears something, it experiences it as if it were already real. The reader will have already had the experience of watching the movie, and they will know that it will work. And so when you externalize the internal in this way, you're giving yourself a much better shot of getting past the coverage reader, getting past the development executive, and all the way up to the person who can say yes. You have a much better shot because rather than asking themselves, but will it work? They can say to themselves, I know this is gonna work and I'm gonna fight for it. What I'm actually trying to train you to do here is to write better than the professionals. And as you know, if you've taken my classes, if you wanna break in as a new writer, You really don't have a choice. You have to write better than the professionals. When somebody sees your script, I don't want them just saying, wow, a professional script. I want them to say, wow, I saw every moment in my mind. I heard every moment. I believed every moment. I didn't have to think at all. It just happened. That's what we're going for when we externalize the internal. Stay tuned for the next installment of this podcast where I'm going to invite the fabulous Jessica Hines, who's the creator of our craft intensive, to discuss exactly how to do this in your writing, exactly how technically to externalize the internal. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to study with me in New York City, online, one-on-one through our ProTrack Mentorship Program, or as part of our international retreats, please visit my website www.writeyourscreenplay.com